Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for today's AM Minnesota program, and we are going to be talking about Rudolph today in a certain way. Right, John Dvorak, former yeah. Rice County Fair Manager, or isn't it former for a couple of weeks or a month yet? One week and one day. <laughs> Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a special guest from the DNR on the phone, Shelly Gorham. And, and Shelly, you're a regional wildlife manager with the DNR for our territory. Is that close to your official title? Not regional, no. That would be the south, the southwest uh, region out of New Ulm. I'm the assistant area wildlife manager out of the Owatonna area office, and we service six counties from Rice County south to the Iowa border with Freeborn and Mauer counties. And special thanks to John for getting it set up until he officially retires in one week and a day. You're welcome, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, Sally. How are you this morning? Um, I'm well, thank you. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, just so you wonder, I'm not that organized, I don't know how that Christmas song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, got in there. But it was kind of fitting because we are kind of talking about Rudolph today, aren't we, Shelley? <laughs> well, he's certainly a cervid, which is a hoofed uh, mammal. And that is what uh, co- can contract con- chronic wasting disease. Any of our hoofed mammals, our deer, our moose, our elk. Um, yep, it's, they're all in that same realm. And why don't you back up for just a little bit, Shelly, because I, I heard something on the, the state news about Minnesota and the DNR trying to aggressively try and, and manage CWD, where, whereas some other states said it is what it is, and it's and they just let it go, and it's much more widespread in some surrounding states than it is in Minnesota. Uh, yes, I, I don't know a lot of that information because I'm not directly in that program, our wildlife health program. But yes, and it certainly is more widespread in some of those areas and at a much higher prevalence than what we have here in Minnesota. So um, we're trying to keep it, um, minimize the spread as much as we can. And and part of that is to understand and test uh, the deer, upcoming deer harvest. So John, that's how the Rice County Fair got involved because you've had a, a collecting carcass station there for a number of years, haven't you? Yes, we have. Uh, Shelly approached me a number of years ago and, and wanted to know if we could set up a dumpster station so, well, you know, they could collect the, the deer skulls. And, and, and so they do more than just deer skulls. You know, they do the hides also. So, um, you know, we were happy to oblige to her and uh, help out in any way we can. And, and I really hope that... Uh, we were there to help out the DNR, not only the DNR, but, uh, you know, to see if we can convince uh, hunters that, you know, this is something that they need to do. We need to be proactive about it. And, uh, you know, if we want to keep the sport going, everybody needs to do their part. Well, it's a big deal in Minnesota 
deer hunting weekend, and it has been ever since I can remember, Shelley. Yes, uh, Minnesota has a very long-standing um, culture of deer hunting with family and friends, and we'd really like to be able to keep up that tradition by and uh, keep up the pleasure of that tradition with healthy deer herds, for sure. And John, too, has been a wonderful um, uh, support for this, and he's been great to work with, and we've really appreciated being able to uh, set up our sampling stations at... Uh, at the uh, Rice County Fairgrounds, it's been it's been great, and he's been good to work with. And so what are you, you what are you hoping to accomplish then? To, so the DNR is going to collect these and and test them, and and what do you do with that information? Is this just trying to track the spread of the disease, then, or what are your goals with with doing all this? Because it's a lot of time and organization and testing to to get this information. It really is, and we have target goals for our samples, but uh, let me kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, for what we're doing this year, it's uh, for firearms uh, opening weekend, which is the 4th and 5th. Um, we will be requiring its mandatory sampling of all harvested deer except for fawns, but you should bring those in anyway uh, to the staffed uh, sampling stations. Um, so we collect, for the hunter harvested deer, bring them down to our sampling station uh, by the Red Horse Barn here at the fairgrounds. And what we do is then we then take your information, uh, that's your MNDNR number, your phone number, and where you uh, harvested the deer. And then we will um, extract the lymph node samples, the lymph nodes out of the deer for sampling and testing. We'll send that in, and then you will get not a person, a hunter will get notified only if their deer tests positive. Uh, and so we're not sampling fawns, but we will put a tag on it to indicate that you did come in voluntarily because it is mandatory sampling um, opening weekend. And we are staffing stations all day on Monday as well for those harvested deer late on Sunday as well because I know... You know, it's hard sometimes you have to find it, and sometimes you can't find it till the next morning. So um, that's why we're staffing on Monday to maximize the number of samples that we get. And we have a target number of samples that uh, we're looking for to, in order to know whether we have what our prevalence rate might be in wild deer. Now, since 2020, um, We've only seen, we've only come up with um, let's see of 2020 December was the first day the first year that we had a sick deer test positive in Dakota County and uh, this deer primary is a, a disease management zone which is deer permit area 605 uh, and that includes the Faribault, um city limits, anything city limits, and then you can look on our map on mndnr.gov slash CWD, and everything you could possibly want to know and then some is on that website. It'll have a little menu on the left and uh, for all of that information. But, um, yeah, our wildlife health program has a deer manage, uh, a, a CWD management <coughs> plan, and they're the drivers behind all of this. 
we cover a pretty big area. So do you have these collection sites uh, in other areas too? Or for some folks, Shelly, it might be a long drive to get to the Rice County Fairgrounds. <laughs> Certainly is, yes. Um, yeah, each, and in fact, each disease management area has carcass movement restrictions. So you're not allowed to take a deer that you harvest within those deer management zones. Uh, disease management zones out of that unless it's quartered um, or packaged up meat or if because the spine and head have to stay within the permit area and that is why we have the dumpsters so you can deposit them there rather than back out on the landscape if they test positive we we want to get that cleaned up off the landscape because the disease could could harbor in the skull and then the uh, the spinal column, and so that's why you want to make sure that it doesn't lay it out there in the woods somewhere. Yeah, in the brain tissue and the spinal fluid. Right, right. Yeah, because those prions, they're very hard to destroy. Um, it's not like you can cook them out of your meat, um, you know, like you can if you got other things that you can kill with that. So, um and it stays in the soil. Um, so that's why we want to keep those. We put them in the dumpsters and get them landfilled or uh, in a lime um, um, uh, pardon me. Anyway, we'll, yeah. we get those disposed of in a way where that hopefully Safe will not make there. its way back out into the environment. And how long does it take from the time a deer hunter goes and, and turns in the carcass to you, that they find out because I've heard that it, it even if the deer tests positive, it would probably still be safe to eat the deer. Or how does that work? Have we determined? Well, there is no, um, there's no evidence um, as far as we know that um, folks can contract chronic wasting disease from that. There are different. It's a disease specific to cervids. Um, and then there are other similar diseases in other species, such as scrapies in, scrapie in sheep um, and um, what they call mad cow disease in cows, uh, for instance. And then there's also a human disease called Kreutzfeldt-Jakob uh, uh, disease. Um, and so uh, there are human and other species equivalents. Uh, but as far as we know, you can't contract it from eating deer meat. Um, but we never say never because that's yeah. how things change and mutate and get spread amongst um, different species. So, I mean, that's how we found, you know, avian flu, pig flu, things yeah. like that. Uh, pig flu has been, you know, contracted by people in the past. Um, and uh, so you never say never. Uh, because nature finds a way, of course. Well, and, um, and that's why you never say science is completely settled because we we do research and le- learn more. Sometimes what we thought we knew, science determines that, well, that wasn't right now. Precisely. And certainly consuming that meat is, um, if, you, um, if you're not comfortable, don't, don't eat it. Um, if you're comfortable eating it, that's that's your call completely. Um, the tests when we do send that in for sampling, now that's going to depend on how many we get. Certainly, it gets a little backed up and takes a little longer for tests to go through when we're collecting and sending in all our firearms um, samples all at once. 
Um, so it takes approximately one to two weeks for those tests to come back. And the hunters can go onto our website, uh, mndnr.gov slash CWD check. And then they enter their MNDNR number and it'll let you know if your, te- your results are pending or if it's negative or positive. But if you, if it comes back positive, you will get, a hunter will get a call directly. And that's why we must have your phone numbers, the best way to contact you. Um, when, you know, say you leave ahead, make sure you get as much information as you can on there. There's a spot for phone number. We must have that. Um, so, and then it's your call at that point in time, whether you want to consume it or not. So Shelly, um, has it been determined? How does the disease actually spread? Is it through the bloody fluids from one deer to the next? You know, has that been determined? And then when a hunter does kill a deer, you know, is there a special procedure that he should follow? Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't be transmitted to him. Uh, I mean, are there any worries about that? Oh, a couple questions there. Okay, so, um, well, I've already forgotten the first. Okay, as far as... How it um, spreads. How it spreads. <laughs> yeah, can you repeat the first one, please? Yeah, I mean, have we determined, you know, how actually does that disease spread from one deer to the next? Yes, um, well, we do know that it, it can be contracted from nose to nose, you know, direct contact from deer. Uh, from deer to deer, and then also from it can be picked up from the environment through the soil, the vegetation, things like that. Um, because and they do, um, it is it it is present potentially in saliva, urine, feces, um, you know, and obviously brain fluid and things like that. So anything that that deer is depositing on the landscape, um, even when it's not direct contact can leave that pry, those prions out on the landscape to be picked up by other deer. So, and that's also why we have um, deer feeding and attractant bans in place as well for Rice County and surrounding counties, but it does not include Waseca or Steele County, but the surrounding counties as well, the Rice County. So we don't want you putting any, anybody putting any feed out um, for a, uh, uh, feeding deer um, because we don't want it drawing in the animals and feeding over a common source. And you know, as animals do, they urine, they 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 um, pee and defecate right there um, on the feed in some cases. And uh, so we don't want that occurring. So we want them feeding naturally on the landscape rather than um, concentrating over. Uh, feed or even attractants such as urine attractants or um yeah so or salt licks even those are banned as well so so what do you what do you call naturally what do you call deer stations and feeding if i spill a couple bushes of corn out in the field don't bother to pick it up is that considered deer feeding station well, part of it's intense, okay? <laughs> but, um, yeah, regular agricultural practices are exempt from that. Obviously, you know, if someone takes that and moves it to a location where yeah. they know it is and they just keep 
adding to it to keep attracting more, that's feeding, and that's illegal to do anyway because then it's called baiting for hunting over. So, Shelly, if I'm walking through the woods, and no matter what time of the year it is, and I come across a, a deer carcass, a dead deer carcass, should I be notifying my DNR or conservation um, officer so yeah, that deer can know, be tested? Things that can, I mean, if you think it's something in, you know, poaching related, um, yes, definitely. Then a conservation officer would need to be contacted. A dead deer can die from very many things. And we, you know, when we sample for chronic wasting disease, we really want fresh samples. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, if it's been frozen all winter long, you know, still it's had the potential to, you know, because you got the body heat in there too. So, um, but we want fresh samples. Well, um, Shelly, uh, the best for testing too. If you can stand by, we better take a quick break for the markets and. Uh, then we'll continue with today's AM Minnesota program, talking about the upcoming uh, deer harvest or deer hunting season and chronic wasting disease and responsibilities that all far deer hunters need to take. But first, let's check out the markets. Soybeans and cattle are higher. Hogs are mixed. Corn is lower. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. With more than 50 corn lines to choose from, Stein offers elite genetics with a broad range of traits. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are up, buying back part of yesterday's losses with support from the solid demand outlook. U.S. harvest activity will see some delays, and South American planting conditions are mixed. November beans are up two and a half at 12.89 and a quarter. January is three and a quarter higher at 13.08 and three quarters. December bean meals down two dollars thirty cents at four eighteen twenty. December soybean oils forty two points lower at fifty one fifty two. Corn's down, watching U.S. harvest activity with rain and even snow in the forecast for some areas over the next week. Mexico bought one hundred seventeen thousand two hundred tons of U.S. corn this morning. December's four lower at four eighty six and a quarter. March is down three and three quarters at five dollars and a quarter penny. And wheat's lower. Winter wheat planting and emergence are near average with some welcome rainfall in the southern plains. Export demand for U.S. wheat slow as Russia continues to control the market. December Chicago's eight and a half lower at 578 and three quarters. Taking profits and watching harvest activity. December cotton's down 20 at 83.53 and January rice is three lower at 1645. Live and feeder cattle are up on an oversold bounce, waiting for widespread direct cash cattle business. Pretty typical Tuesday with bids and asking prices not defined. December lives at one seventy five at one eighty ten. February's a dollar twenty five higher at one eighty two twenty two. November feeders are up two twenty two at two thirty eight oh two, and January's two twenty higher at two thirty seven eighty seven. And nearby hogs are up. The fur bunts are down, adjusting spreads and keeping an eye on demand factors. December hogs are 75 higher at 66.92. February leans up 17 at 70.37. Crude oil is lower this morning. Follow us on Twitter at Brownfield. John Perkins, Brownfield. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. The market update was sponsored by the KDHL Agra Boosters. They include LK Concrete, LLC, and Faribault, locally owned and operated custom concrete, flat work, handyman services. They prep it and pour it. Book your spring project now and receive 15% off the total cost. Go to L-KConcreteLLC.com. Also, 321 Fence in Faribault, specializing in top quality fences for residential and commercial properties, livestock fences too. Go to 321 Fence Inc. 
com and talk to Micah. Also, Northern Buildings for quality post-frame construction. Go to their website, northernbuildings.com. Along with TNW Towing, your heavy-duty towing and recovery experts. And finally, Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Near Strand. Craig helps protect all things important and valuable to you. Almost former Rice County Fair Manager John Dvorak is in studio along with Shelley Gorham, who is with uh, the DNR. And, John, again, thanks for uh, setting up the program and getting hooked up with Shelley so we can do our part to protect that tradition in Minnesota of deer hunting. Well, you're, you're welcome, Jerry. And, uh, you know, I, I just uh, feel that, you know, uh, that it, this is an important issue. And, uh, you know, the more we can offer to help out, uh, you know, the easier it's going to be on the DNR, the easier it's going to be on the individuals that uh, are harvesting the deer. And, uh, you know, we're providing them an area close by to where they live. So, uh, you know, everybody wins all the way around. And, you know, if everybody takes this to heart and, and participates in it, then then everybody's a winner. And, and that's what we're striving for. Yeah, and Shelly, you mentioned that, that if you harvest a deer, it is required that uh, then you deposit uh, the skull and the spinal column in in one of these collection sites, correct? You don't have to. Uh, some folks may just uh, um, do that at their own home property, and that's fine. Um, oh. You know, if you can bring it in to uh, deposit that head and spine uh, once you've quartered out your deer and once you've had it sampled into the dumpster, that's even better because if it does test positive, then we don't have to go back out to the site um, and get you know determine where it is to clean it up. So, yeah, so um, it's just better. better to do it that way. Um, you know, getting back to John's question from our, our uh, few minutes ago, you know, what should a deer hunter do in these deer management zones, um, these chronic disease management zones? Um, first of all, before you're ever even out there hunting, I suggest that folks um, know whether they're hunting in the deer management zone or in a surveillance zone. Um and this year we are sampling in surveillance zones and it is also mandatory testing of deer in those areas. Um, for in our case here, we've got, you know, the southeast that's had chronic wasting disease at very low levels in the wild deer population, but it has been expanding a little bit. But we're now sampling in between 605 and that southeast disease management zone. So we are sampling and have mandatory sampling for opening firearms weekend in 233, 293, 341, and 342, as well as 255. Um, this year, it will be mandatory, not just voluntary, and that's for opening firearms weekend. Now, for folks who want to get their deer tested no matter where they are or no matter what season they're hunting, whether it's the beginning of archery season or the end of archery season, um, folks can still do that at no cost to them because a few years ago, we implemented a statewide sampling option that allows for folks to ask for mail-in kits where they can extract the lymph nodes from their deer themselves. We have videos online for that, but you get a whole packet that you can order on our website or get from a local area wildlife office. Again, that's at no cost to you. And uh, otherwise, you can also make an appointment with a local area office 
in, you know, Rice County's case, it would be myself potentially, um, to sample your deer that you archery harvested potentially. And uh, then I can send that in. Um, but those are options. And then also we have participating sampling program, which is taxidermists. And there are three um, taxidermists that are participating within permit area 605 as well. So you get that monster lifetime buck, once in a lifetime buck, you can um, take them to one of those taxidermists. But I recommend that if you know you're going to have one, contact them ahead of time. You know, monster buck, you've been tracking them, watching them for a couple of years now, and this is the year you're hoping to get them. Um, contact that taxidermist and, and ask him how he wants to handle things. Uh, if you do get that, um, we do want to sample bucks because they are some of the more, um, they do, they move around a lot more. And a lot of times people want to wait till they get older. So then the older they get, the more likely they are to have the disease because they're older and they've had a longer chance to contract it potentially. Um, so, uh, we do want to get those large, uh, monster bucks, so to speak, uh, sampled as well so you can use those participating taxidermists for that but you still need to come to our staffed check stations as well during opening firearms weekend um let's see yeah as far as protecting yourself from that disease potentially or any other diseases as always use your regular you know wear gloves to protect yourself be aware of how you're cutting um you know, I mean, that goes with anything that you're doing. So it's pretty much regular, you know, meat safety techniques, you know, to protect yourself. Um, so, Shelly, have we been uh, doing this study long enough? Uh, are, are you making progress? Uh, where you Are you where you want to be? Uh, obviously, when you started, I'm sure you had goals in mind. Are, are you meeting those goals? And is, is it worth your while to have this program continue? Right, yeah, and that that's a, a very good question and a legitimate question. I'm perhaps not the best person to answer that. You know, we want to minimize the spread of this to maintain a, a healthy deer herd. So we are have maximized the opportunity for people to take deer under, you know, regular season hunting frameworks. So, like, for deer, for deer permit area 605, it's uh, one individual hunter can harvest up to five deer. Um, and that's all, you know, that's our statewide limit as well. So, and that's pretty significant. Most people are content with one deer in their, their freezer and there are options for donating that, uh, venison as well. Um, and there's, you know, different requirements for that. So I recommend folks look into that if they're interested in harvesting more deer on their property, but they don't want to put any more in their freezer. Um, I also recommend that people, you know, Process their deer separately in case one of the deer that are, are harvested in your hunting group, for instance, or your family test positive. That way you can, you haven't mixed all that meat if you're not comfortable consuming it. So, um, it's good to do that. And then of course, um, you know, you want to, uh, you know, keep it cool and quarter it out or take it to your processor and you'll have to work that out with your processor to find out what they want to do. And a lot of people are going to, you know, doing it in their garages on their own because a lot of processors get overwhelmed this time of year for opening firearm season. 
Sheldon, you started to get me a little bit confused when you're talking about different zones and and all this information then, is it on your actually license that you get when you purchase your firearm license or it's on the website you alluded to so it would mm-hmm. make sense to hunters that you go to the website, make sure you know what zone you're in and what the requirements are, correct? Right, exactly. All these details are certainly not on your license. We get enough of that paperwork getting printed <laughs> off, don't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, so it, you know, when you buy your license, it asks you where you're going to be hunting, and that question is really where do you think you're most likely to be hunting? Um, you know, you're not obli- say you say you're going to hunt in six oh five, so six oh five comes up. Okay, that's great. That's what you put in the system, but you're not required to hunt there. Plans change. We understand that. Um, so it's just where you plan to hunt. And then, of course, when you register your deer, um, you want to make sure you know where you're hunting. If you're close to a boundary line, you want to know which deer permit area you're in and whether it has carcass movement restrictions. Um, so, uh, yeah. And we have what we call a, um, interact, uh, CWD. We have on our CWDs, um, page. We have a deer permit area lookup, and that does show information about each of the deer permit areas. So it'll tell you, you know, what season, you know, what the dates are, whether there's carcass movement restrictions, where, and it'll show even where the uh, sampling stations are and the um, head boxes, because those head boxes will be up at these um, stations where we have currently, where we will have staffed stations. And those will be, um, those head boxes will be out uh, through a muzzleloader season, so through the firearm seasons. And well, you can just cut off your head, make sure you get attached to it, the red tags with all your information on it that is at the head box station. Um, well, so there's zip ties there, pens, and a bag to put your head well, in as well. Shelly, we've got the national news coming up, but uh, go to the website for all the information. Make sure you're following the rules. So thanks for coming on the program today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.